there. Welcome to the Fit Mom Life to the Fullest podcast, where we focus on how we can improve our physical health so that we can enjoy the life God has called us to, to the absolute fullest. Hello, ladies. I hope you're having a great day. Excited to hang out with you once again. Welcome. My name is Brittany. I'm a Catholic wife and mom of two and one on the way, two boys and a baby on the way. And I run fitmomlifetothefullest.com. So I train postpartum pregnant women through my programs. I do a lot of one-on-one training, run groups where I teach you about tracking macros and working out and fitting it all in on a mom kind of schedule. Everything I do, I am doing as a stay-at-home mom. I am the primary watcher of my children without a babysitter or any of those things. So I'm working it out just like you. Right now it is really early morning. I just finished a workout and am heading into recording podcast now. So we're all just grinding it out, right, in the little pockets of time. All right, today I'm going to do a Q&A, and I'm really excited about it. I love Q&As. Thank you for your questions. If any of you listening submitted them, which I'm sure you did, because that is where they all came from. So if you have a question, hit me anytime at fitmomlifetothefullest at gmail.com or an Instagram, on Instagram, in Instagram, wherever. <laughs> Did I mention it's early and pre-coffee, uh, but it's just Fit Mom Life to the fullest. So I love your suggestions. Thank you. You make these episodes possible, and I want to make sure I am actually talking about something you care about. So three little questions today to hit. Number one, how heavy should you be lifting? Such a good question. I get this one a lot in challenges and when working with people one-on-one that are going through their strength workouts but thinking, well what should it feel like? You know, I will write out what weight they should use once I have a baseline of where they're at. But especially that first week or two working with them, I will just say difficult weight. And they're ask, coming back asking like, what is difficult weight? How do I know if it's hard enough? Great question. Because basically, if you are trying to build muscle, which most of us are, even say, well, I'll, I'll address if we're getting to maintaining. But if you are trying to build muscle which to you might sound like you're looking for tone, you're looking for looking less flabby, you are trying to build muscle, okay? You're trying to replace your fat with muscle. I understand you're not trying to add muscle on top and be more bulky. No one wants that. (laughs) But what you want to do is turn that fat into muscle. So you are trying to build muscle, okay? You need to be lifting. What I prescribe is within, you should, by the end of your set, only be able to do two or three more reps. That's a really good judge that you are lifting close to failure, but not in danger of hurting yourself. And it's heavy enough to actually cause your body to change. So say you're doing bent rows as the exercise. You're between, ah, should I use 15 pound dumbbells for this or 20 pound dumbbells? Do the first set of 10. See how you felt by rep 10. If you felt like you could do five more, go up to the 20s. I don't remember which I said I had you starting with, (laughs) but that's a good uh, guide. If you grab those 15s first to be safe, but you felt like you could do five more, then next time pick up the 20s and see if you feel like by the end of the set, you only have two or three more reps. The, I think caveat here, and I think the hard part for many of you listening who do work out at home is you top out weight wise. And just to be honest, and that's where I get to with my one-on-one clients, usually it looks like you need to invest a little bit of higher dumbbells. And I say that because there's a couple things you can do to make things harder. You know, you can add pauses, add isometric holds, add pulses, but eventually you're going to, you know, progress away from them. If you only have 15 pound dumbbells, 
your back is probably going to get stronger than that and needs a little something heavier to roll or a little something heavier to press. You body weight is great here. That's where, you know, you could just instead of it doesn't always have to be a weight, you could grab a pull-up bar and grab some bands. So then you are working your back because your back is a probably the largest muscle group besides your legs you're working at home. Where upper body you can get away with 15s for a lot, but eventually your back is not going to keep responding to that. And a lot of times we want to work our back because that is what we're our lats wrap into our obliques. And when a lot of women say they want to work their love handles, you're actually needing to define your lats more, even more so than your obliques sometimes, because that's what kind of gives you that little hourglass taper in there. So kind of went on a little tangent there, but you need to be within two to three reps to at least know that you are changing your body. And yes, sometimes it looks like making a little investment. What we did, I started out with 10 pound dumbbells. No, I got 10 pound eventually. Um, I, we started out with 15 pound and five pound just because I already had five pound from when I was like 16. So I had five pound dumbbells, 15 pound dumbbells. And then we just went right up to a 25 pound dumbbell and a single one. We couldn't afford to buy a set. We're living in an apartment just married, we said, let's just grab 25 so that we can start just using that on one side for rows and then one side for chest press. We'll just do one side at a time. Eventually, like two years later, we upgraded that to a 35. So we slowly, and then we got one heavy kettlebell. So you don't have to always buy sets of everything. I don't also really like those interchangeable weights. I know a lot of people have them and use them. Personally, I just don't like them. I think they're kind of bulky to use for certain things. I know the you know pro to them is that you don't need a bunch of different kinds. So whatever floats your boat there. But the reality is if you only have 10 pound dumbbells and you feel like you could do 30 reps with every exercise, you're not going to be building muscle. What you are basically doing, if you are just doing strength training with light dumbbells, you're basically just doing glorified cardio. And that's the reality. Your muscles are not going to change from that. They're going to get tired. They're going to burn you're basically doing cardio. It's not anything that's going to cause your muscles to tear down and then grow back stronger and actually replace fat. So, and that's what I see a lot is people saying, well, I am strength training, but it's so light. It's not even making a difference. It's honestly basically cardio. So the other thing that you could do here is you could, and some would tell you lift to your absolute max, like lift till failure, then do a drop set. So sometimes I will program that program that in for my clients where say you're doing bicep curls and you have a pair of 15s and you have a pair of 10s and I have you do a set a warm-up set with 10s then I have you do a set and I say until failure with the 15s and you literally would go until you cannot physically curl them up to towards your shoulders anymore then you immediately put them down and do the 10s. There's also an advantage to doing that style that's more like top set, drop set, because you have literally fatigued the muscle to the point where it cannot go anymore, but then you still get, you will still gain some strength by dropping down to the 10s and getting in that extra little set. So that's another style I will throw in for people. It does really fatigue you, so I don't do it for months at a time. Um, I sometimes work out like that myself, but again, it's, it's, dabbled in there, sprinkled in there. It's not all the time. If you are only looking to maintain, if you can honestly say, Brittany, I really am the physique that I already want. And this is a lot of people and I don't want to get bulkier. I do put on muscle more easily. Then stay at a a range where you could get, I would still say the like where you could get about five more. 
So it's not so easy. You could do 10 more, but you're not necessarily going to add muscle. You're going to pretty much maintain what you have. This is where you'll see me a lot using my 15s for things. When I do use 15s for a bent row or something like that, I'm just using that example a lot because your back's a big muscle. I can row my max row on one arm. You know, if I'm doing a unilateral row and I'm holding a kettlebell or dumbbell in one hand bent over and I'm going to pull my elbow toward my back and do a row. Probably, uh, let's say five reps at 50 would be my max or maybe like we have the 35 pound dumbbell so I can say for a fact I can get 12 with the 35 and feel like I only have one or two more. So if 35 is my norm, when I'm doing the 15s, I feel like I could kind of go for a while. So that would be too light for me. That would be like glorified cardio. But if I do the 25, that's more in the maintaining part. That's more where I feel like, okay, I will maintain the muscle I have, but I'm not going to add muscle. So if that's you, if you have all the muscle you want, you're at a body fat you really like, go ahead and just keep yourself a little bit under what you know is your max and you'll be able to maintain what you have and you're not going to put on size. All right. Question number two, what to do when everyone around you is indulging or treating themselves or having snacks. So this person gave the example, like for example, if you're sitting around with your family at night and everybody's having ice cream, but you're trying to watch what you eat and you're trying to eat healthier, like what should you do physically, mentally, how do you get through that? And I think that's a great question because I do focus a lot on, oh, when you're at a party, how to pick you know, the best thing there or whatever. But I think this situation comes up a lot more frequently, especially if you live in a family setting where you're watching people indulge. And we are influenced by the people we spend the most time with. That's the reality. So even whether that's your kids, your spouse, whatever, we are influenced for better or for worse. So if your spouse wants to plunk on the couch every night after work and watch three hours of TV, it's very hard to not do that. It's very hard to not, A, get sucked into that, but then also B, feel bad for not spending time together and then, you know, doing what they want to do in that way. So in the same way, in that example, what I would do is do something else at the same time. I'd go grab a book and then maybe sit in the same room because background noise doesn't bother me, but read my book or knit or do whatever I want to do, but in the same room so we're still together. That is not our reality <laughs> at all. So that's not our life. But that is what I would do. It's pretty much what I do during football season. When it's football, I will just throw out a football game and then do something in the same room, knit or work on a project or something like that. But um, plan out my podcast. But in that way, if everybody's indulging with you, I think there's a couple things you can do. Number one is to get yourself a lighter option. And that takes a little pre-planning, obviously a little pre-thought. But say if everybody, you know, you routinely grocery shop for the house and you're buying them half gallons of ice cream because, you know, that's something that they eat frequently, buy yourself some Yasso Greek frozen yogurt bars or make yourself some little whipped cream ice cream sandwich, like a wannabe ice cream sandwiches. That's two graham cracker sheets with whipped cream in the middle and then you freeze them. So have your own little stash or arsenal of lighter options or just healthier options. Like say everybody's having chips or whatever, but you don't want to just have chips because like, there's not really a big nutritional value to them. Well, can you buy a little bit better version of a chip that has some more nutrients to it? Something made with flaxseed or something like that, that is going to not be is going to be just more of a nutritional value to you and you don't feel as bad using macros on it and may, and kind of planning for that. So that 
take some pre-planning to have that lighter option ready for yourself and to give yourself the wiggle room in your macros to know everybody's probably going to be snacking tonight. I'm going to want to. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have these options instead. Another thing you could do is try to just swap out what they're having. Like maybe it's not food. If they're all, this still might not, I guess, do it for you. If you are really wanting what they're having, say they're all making Sundays, but you could do something else that you like that is not such a calorie output. Say you didn't leave anything in your macros or they they might honestly have treats every night and you don't want to have treats every night then make yourself a nice tea grab a sparkling water like something else that you enjoy this is again coming from a pregnant person who when I watch people drink I can go ahead and get myself a sparkling water or something and I'll pour it in a wine glass so I still feel like I'm having a fancy drink with everybody but you know I'm obviously not having alcohol so And also, I mean, looking at that, though, too, from the Catholic and Christian perspective, we should not be treating ourselves every day, in my opinion. So if that is your family environment, I know if your kids are grown, it's a little bit tough to have a say in that or, you know, to try to break into something new there. But I know that right now we have the younger ones, our our oldest is only three and a half. So like right now it's Lent. So he knows that And I think this is most people during Lent, but we have treats on Sundays. And he knows that that is, you could say, Josh, what day do we have treats? We have treats on Sundays. We go to mass, we have treats. So that's definitely during Lent. We're not, you know, we're a little more lax throughout the year. Maybe we'll all go have an ice cream dinner or something, but it still looks like two or three times a week. Again, I get that I am in the position where I can really control what everyone in my family really is eating. Um, my three-year-old's not going to go get himself ice cream and we just are like okay with it so (laughs) that is different but in general if like if it's not all the time and I'm assuming that's what this person's talking about too that it's maybe a couple times a week but maybe they don't want to splurge as much as their family is I think those are the options is number one get yourself a lighter version when they are enjoying themselves number two get yourself something else fun that's not as big a caloric output or number three enjoy it but just really watch your portions this I do a lot like spread it out make it last I'll do this a lot at birthday parties because we have so many birthday parties for our nieces and nephews and I used to very hard and fast just be nope I'm not having dessert and it was just easy to not have to make that decision and I didn't have to mull over if I wanted it or not but now it's kind of you know could go either way if I see it and I'm like eh I don't really care about those ice cream flavors great. I skip it that day. But if it's something I really like, which happened a couple weeks ago, I was like, Ooh, that's a great flavor. I had a little, I don't even know if it was half cup or less. I just gave myself like a tiny little scoop in a like red solo cup and had a couple bites while I was talking to people, while I was sharing some with my one and a half year old. Like it doesn't, the quantity doesn't really matter. I think a lot of times we feel more deprived if we're sitting there, like this might be a better option for you than even making yourself a different thing to enjoy because maybe you're just watching what they're having thinking no I really wanted that so maybe you should have what they're having or what you really want to have but just a small amount of it the we don't need this huge quantity talk drink water while you have it it's just enjoying the little treat doesn't mean you need to have a ton of it all right and lastly is fasted cardio better for you than regular cardio? So a little background, if you don't know what that is, fasted cardio is just like it sounds. You are not eating for a while and then you are doing cardio. So typically when people do fasted cardio, they cut off their eating a certain time at night, go to bed, wake up, do it right away, 
first thing in the morning. Now, you can go down the Google rabbit hole yourself, but having done it for you, <laughs> this I've looked into this actually many years ago before we got married. I thought that there was a huge benefit to fasted cardio, and I wanted to do that to prepare for the wedding. I'm like, okay, I'll do fasted cardio in the morning, and then I'll lift at night, you know, when I had the luxury of just all these hours at my disposal. <laughs> and it is not really backed by studies that it has better long-term effects. There are claims that it will help you burn more fat because you are not tapping into your glycogen stores like you would if you had just eaten or eaten recently, then your body prefers to run off carbs. So the idea is if you don't have those carbs readily available, you haven't just eaten, that your body would tap into fat. But there's not enough data in science to show that your body actually does tap into fat and that it actually even has more effect long term than if you just ate beforehand. So my take on that is no, it's not scientifically proven to be better for you. And boil it down to personal preference. If you, I personally do feel better if I wake up, if I wake up and I know I'm going to do cardio, sometimes I will not eat anything. Sometimes I will just have an apple. I don't usually have anything more than an apple if I'm just going to do cardio because I just feel better working out on a more empty stomach when I'm doing cardio. But if I'm lifting, I will typically have something little, like a little energy ball made out of oats and honey and peanut butter and stuff right before I lift or sometimes a protein bar or something like that, which you don't need to have protein before a workout. I think a lot of people think that. It's just something easy for me to grab before I'm going to work out. But strength, I will mostly have a little something before cardio. I usually don't, but it is not because I believe faster cardio is better. It's just because it feels better in my system to just get it done, drink water during it, and then eat afterwards. So, all right. Thank you so much. Keep the questions coming. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And if you have not yet, I haven't asked in a while, if you could go on and rate and review the podcast, I would really appreciate that. It helps my, me come up more in the search so more people can find this and just helps it get out to more people. So if you're on iTunes, you can do a written review. If you are not on iTunes, I think you usually only have the option to rate by stars. But especially if you have iTunes, if you would take the time to actually just go to the podcast and then scroll on down all the way and you can just take literally two minutes to tap the stars. And if you could write a couple lines about what you enjoy about the podcast, I do. I read every single one and I would really appreciate it. All right. I hope you have a great rest of your day. I will talk to you next time. 